0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby and KT, and we're back with another episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our last one entitled "Why Capitalists Ended Slavery." Seem like y'all liked that one. Appreciate it. Um, make sure you hit us up on our social medias at Building Our PWR. Hit KT up at KT underscore Does Art. Me at Gabby's Music. Before we get started, we want to send a big shout out to the storyteller who had a recent video entitled. Uh, co-opting black movements where they shouted us out and we appreciate that 100% go check out their video we'll link it in the description also if you would like to donate to the propagandizing we're doing of our neighborhood as well as the community fridge you can do that Uh, link will be in the description we got a very generous donation of a thousand dollars last night I was screaming and we appreciate whoever it was that sent that to us I'm already uh, figuring out what we need to do for the groceries and stuff now, so that's definitely going to help us for for a couple weeks. Alright, so t- today we're going to talk about uh, gentrification a little bit. Our favorite subject. Our favorite subject. We're going to get into the history, and then we're going to actually dedicate this episode to uh, us trying to formulate ideas on what can be done to combat the shit. So, the history of gentrification really quickly industrial area, industrial revolution. Okay, all the jobs are in the city, all the immigrants, everybody is working in the north in these cities, and uh, the great migration starts to happen. Black people are starting to move uh, up to the north and are uh, starting to work there, Uh, and eventually, the government starts to incentivize white people to go move to the suburbs. They give them those loans with the GI Bill and all that stuff. The white people flee. For one, uh the environment wasn't the cleanest because literally industrial plants are everywhere. For two, racism. For three, they had the incentive. So the city was left to the black and brown people pretty much. And they occupied these cities until about the, the 80s, the 70s, 80s, 90s. What happened in the 80s and the end of the 70s is the government, federal government, started to cut funding to cities. And so these cities were needing income, obviously, Mm -hmm. to, to supplement what they had going on. These populations were working class people, so they weren't getting enough tax revenue to... the city pretty much or what they were trying to do in the city so eventually these people recognize, uh yeah we're gonna have to get some money up in here and the only way we're gonna do that is if we make this appealing to a certain demographic of people those demographics will now be referred to as the yuppies the young professionals of america uh the, the gentrifiers, your your young professionals, your your gays, your your single white females. Your
1: sis your cis people, essentially. Well not
0: necessarily cis, the, Um they can be white and trans.
1: But yeah. either way,
0: these people were the main demographic that they needed because these are the people that want to live in the city. You know, it's close to their job, whoop-de-doo. So that's what they started to do, investing in real estate development, making this look appealing to them. And they slowly started to move into these major cities. And Something that's
1: important, I think, that you should mention here is those yippies had money, yippies. right? Yeah. yep, Yuppies, yippies, whatever. They had money. So they weren't, it didn't matter who you were, essentially. As long as you were in that middle class upper bracket, then you could
0: be considered... A yuppie, a yuppie. There's black yuppies, as gay yuppies, as white yuppies. I mean, a yuppie is a yuppie. Right. And so, yeah, so that was the model for the North. And uh, apparently, Memphis, um, in the past 20 years, realize that that's got to be our model because uh we can't just be a city of uh, black poor people uh they need some money and that's what they're doing they're putting millions billions of dollars now into attracting uh the gentrifiers and and thus here we are so kt do you want to talk about uh kind of what spurred this conversation
1: yeah, so um as of recently, I know you guys know we Gabby and I are putting up a lot of different like propaganda uh throughout the city, especially in majority black areas, uh majority poor areas that we know are going to be a part of this uh thing they call Memphis 3.0. Essentially, it's a plan to revitalize all of these communities um, that Memphis has pretty much uh, forgotten about for literally decades now. So, anyway, um, Gabby and I went down to uh, towards a neighborhood that she is more familiar with because she went there when she was growing up, and um, so we we went down there and we started seeing things that looked a little different than what we were used to seeing. Usually, we see houses that may have, like, tarps on the top of them because they can't afford to fix their roof. We see broken down cars in the front yard. We see, we see poverty, essentially, right? But this time, we went down there, and the houses are starting to look different. They're starting to have the roofs fixed, brand new paint. We're starting to see community garden. We're starting to see art murals. We're starting to see a change in the demographic of the neighborhood. So instead of seeing black people walking around, you see white women running down the street with their dogs. All of this is what we're talking about when we say we can we can see the gentrification is about to happen.
0: Okay, yeah. So yeah, this was uh my grandmama's neighborhood. This is around where, you know, I spent majority of my time as a child. And this was a working-class neighborhood. Some of the people owned their houses. A lot of the people rented. But these people have been renting since I was a little girl. So, right. like, 20-plus years, almost 30 years, people renting out these properties.
1: They could have owned their house by now.
0: Pretty much. Um, so something else that I found out today I didn't know Uh, There is an abandoned high school that's, like, right across from my grandma's house, Northside High School. It's been abandoned for about four years. Apparently, that's going to get uh, redeveloped. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when I saw it on Facebook, I was like, okay, interesting. You know, I wonder what it is that they're going to do with it. Um, So we read an article, and it comes to find out that it is being funded by the number one largest nonprofit in Memphis, Called Pyramid Peak Foundation, which was started by Southern Asset Management, a global investment managerial f- firm.
1: A whole bunch of words to say that they're rich and they wanna put their money in poor neighborhoods so that they can start
0: gentrification. Do you see this? These real estate investors literally created a nonprofit. To do the bidding for them, get tax write-offs for both companies. For both companies to uh, skirt off any criticism because it's a nonprofit. And they're working with other nonprofits, one called The Works, which literally their main goal is to uh, redevelop or redevelop the, the black communities in Memphis. And if you know anything from what we've been talking about, redevelopment is another word for gentrification. So, we made a podcast that said nonprofits are the new gentrification. You can see it right now. These nonprofits are in cahoots with real estate investors, with banks, with politicians to displace poor black people from their neighborhoods and manufacture consent. They had people in there saying, uh, yeah, we don't really have a say. Like, this is a 99% black population. Uh, we want to have a say in what's going to happen in our community. Right. The only thing they pretty much told them is, listen to this, apartment complexes. They said it would have uh, maybe some basketball gyms because it is a school and um, office space.
1: Something for the
0: youth. Question apartment complex is office space office space for whom for who this is poor working class area these folks don't own very few of them own businesses is this very, very few of them even own their
1: house like you said before so it's not like they they even have the capital to own their own house that they've lived in for 20 something years
0: exactly and and then this it's a food desert
1: yeah, the closest food, the closest grocery store to them is probably about four miles away. Uh, it would take you about an hour and a half on the Memphis bus to get over there. And then if you literally walk, how are you going to carry your groceries if you're poor, working class, pre-
0: predominantly older people, okay? Yeah, it's an, it's an old neighborhood. So instead of saying, this is how you know it's not for them. Instead of saying, there's a need in our community for fresh produce. Let's put a grocery store. Why are you putting apartment complexes? These people already have places to stay. Who the heck is finna be living here? They did the they did the little marking draw up, mock up draw up whatever. We going to put it on the uh YouTube. That junk is finna to be for the yuppies. You talking about what you're talking about like they said, "Okay, so here,
1: here's this really old school. And what we're going to do with this old school that Shelby County School essentially said, hey, we no longer have any use for because we don't care about the children in that neighborhood or there's not enough kids in that neighborhood anyway, let's go ahead and give it to these investors since we own it. And these investors are going to turn it into whatever random thing they can come up with so that these yuppies, a.k.a., Upper middle class can try can come into this neighborhood. Now we looked up, and of course, like we talked about on a previous episode, I'm I'm not quite sure which one it was, but we talked about uh, Orange Mound and how Orange Mound has Black people at the forefront of their uh, gentrification. There is a guy as well at the forefront of this one who is uh has tons of money he's rich okay his dad was an attorney like they literally have money and so they put him at the forefront of the of the uh, thing to say, "Oh this isn't gentrification and I just I don't know what it is, but it just makes me so angry to know that they literally put black people against black people when really the truth of the matter is is that the investor is that white guy. He's the guy
0: behind it. But but ultimately, that's the thing. I don't know I was go with that, but regardless, it pissed me off. But ultimately, this is what we're trying to say. This gentrification it, uh, conversation it's definitely a racial one. Don't let yes. no, don't let nobody get it twisted. This is a racial conversation, but it is also an equally class conversation. You can get gentrified by black people. Like that's not that's not uh it's it's about money, it's about investors, it's about all these people. Uh, colluding together, and what really upsets me is we were driving around, you know, some of the neighborhoods that are being gentrified right now, and I said, damn, in the 70s and 80s, these were the only places black people could live in in Memphis and afford, and now, because the white folks want to come over, they must be displaced, have all these years of culture and community just by, we don't care about that. And the thing about white people, why it's a racial conversation is, they don't even compute culture, community. That means nothing to us. That means nothing to white people. Nothing. You could. I could tell, I could tell a, a random white person, like, no, y'all don't need to gentrify uh, Smoky City because it has, like, 50 years of heritage and culture. Like, people have created families here. They hold, uh... Lineage has been here their whole life, and and they wouldn't even care. That means nothing. Literally wouldn't care. So that's kind of what we up against right now. And so what we wanted to do is, well,
1: I think we should say like it 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 started a conversation between you and I because when we when we was reading that article, we just increasingly got more pissed. We were we were just so mad at the end of it because by the end, it was almost like. The person who wrote it, I mean, he was a white man, and he was a financial advisor. He was essentially like, yeah, this is going to be great for that community. And this is going to be awesome. It's going to bring blah, 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 blah. And Gabby and I can just... We just sit here, and we're just like, you're literally going to displace poor people.
0: It doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter because...
0: In, <laughs> but think about this as far as the way capitalism goes. The poor working class, literally, just like some cattle. I can throw y'all... And we just gonna move y'all somewhere else, condense y'all up some more, y'all kill each other, whatever. But as long as y'all come to work, it really don't matter. We gonna live where we wanna live. This is gonna be our city. We finna run this thing. It don't matter. It literally doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, but what I was trying to say was it's <laughs> that
1: it, it got us to thinking, what can we do? Yeah, what can we do? Like I said, it got we got so pissed about it. And it's like what what you feel almost hopeless, you know, when you start seeing that you've got this multi million dollar investment going into this community from some random fucking white person. Um, what can you do? The money's already been there. The guy's already there. And so uh, that's kind of where I would like us to take the conversation from here is is to say what is it that you and I both plan on doing to help this community so that. If they are displaced, if they are uh even more poor once those white people do move in, what 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 can we do for them? What you got?
0: Okay, so firstly, when we were reading the article, I I, I found some dude that I had actually seen while we were posting the flyers. I thought it was some type of whole tepid church thing and, but it seemed interesting. So I'm like, you don't really see like uh the Pan-African uh flag tied in with Christianity. So I'm right. like, that's curious. I'm curious about that. But in the article, he actually was one of the people that was speaking out against the development. So what we are going to do is meet up with that guy because he has a church smack dab in the middle of that area and figure out. What it is that the community needs, and what we need to do to start organizing this the community to even have the conversations about strategies we can take,
1: whether that be like a tenants' union or like. Any type of community-based organizing within that area. I mean, he's the pastor, right? So, he probably has access to all of those people way more than Gabby and I ever thought about having.
0: For sure. And, you know, the ethics on church or whatever. We got we to gotta see how his head is. We're going to try it this way. If he owns some something, we're going to go another way. <laughs> but one thing else that is material, like right now, mm-hmm. we know that... It's going to be either or. As, as the taxes are going up, more money's going to rent, less money's going to food. Yeah. And so what we're also going to do is, in this neighborhood, Smoky City, see where we can put a community fridge there and start talking to the people about mutual aid, what entails in that, and start getting that going. Um, Because food is a material need. Again, it is a food desert over there. So those are two things. Um, another thing I was thinking about is, you know, I'm trying to think about what is it that would keep uh upper class, middle class white people away from a neighborhood. What what's the stuff about that neighborhood that they like? Ooh, this is sketchy. Ew, ew. No police
1: cameras, number one. Number two, broken down buildings. Number
0: three, gunshots. So Number four, just people walking around. People walking around. Number five, just seeing a whole bunch of black folks. Literally. And so what I'm going to do, what I, what we're going to do for the summer is just throw a block, throw block parties all the time. Every day, all the time. Just hours. with loud music, noise pollution, <laughs> just blackity black, black, black. Just a Malcolm X on everything, on every sign. I saw of secure everybody, have folks dress up like the Black Panthers just anything that we can do because literally sometimes it's going to take like just trying to formulate ideas because gentrification is literally a multi billion dollar industry that is coming and has eyes set on this area and eyes set on areas all over america we have to think about what are things that are going to make this neighborhood undesirable to real estate investors that also won't hurt us that also will keep us safe at the same time right so that's kind of what we're doing so guys if y'all know any y'all have any uh ideas yourself on some some things that have worked for you or some things that you read you can let us know uh, because we're still kind of in the formulating uh, process what you think, I think
1: yeah I was just going to say that you brought up a really good point when we were talking about this earlier about um, these real estate investors they have all this they have literally millions that they're literally coming over there to build something for when they could essentially just put this money in black people's pockets they could literally take all those millions of dollars and put it in those black people's pockets they could pay those black people's rent for three years they could pay They could pay to own those houses and give them directly to those black people that already have lived in there for 20-something years. Like, there are things that they could physically be doing, and they are just choosing not to. For sure. And
0: another another thing that would show you that these nonprofits ain't about nothing, back on that one. If these nonprofits are in bed with these investment companies, the mortgage companies, in bed with the politicians... Why aren't they creating programs where people that have historically already lived in that neighborhood for more than five years get first dibs on property that get on the market? You know why? It's exactly. not financially it's not Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what it comes down so to. So that should show you. This ain't about these nonprofits, it's not about helping the people. It's about upholding capitalism as much as possible. Why in the world would a real estate investment company create a nonprofit to hide their trail? Exactly. In order for it to be back. But and then that I guess that would be another solution. If we had the funds, if we had the money, what's the main thing that's keeping kicking black people out that can't afford? either they can't afford the rent or the landlord sells the house to somebody and the rent goes up anyway the rent they need money in their pockets
1: this reminds me of uh this this just tells me okay so we've got people and i'm just going to mention this really quick and then we can we can ramp it up But, uh, we've got people like Hassan and Vosh who are in the quote unquote left community who have all this fucking money and, uh, contrapoints. And what are they doing? Instead of them, like we talk about, putting money into people's pockets long term and funding those people's bills for a year, two years, three years, what are they doing? They're just, they're just talking on the internet. They're just talking on the internet and making up bullshit. Being racist on the internet. Yeah. Remember, what what was I
0: talking about? Like with them and just academia in, in, in general. general. Yeah. Like Using, think about yeah. You about, about how how evil it is. How evil it is to have millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars in reserve that you don't even touch. Talk about issues of poverty. Talk about issues of people having uh getting evicted and all that type of thing, and just saying, hmm. This is what we talk about, uh,
1: something I mentioned on Twitter earlier this week, about how it's violent. Like, people think that violence is uh, just hitting someone or mental abuse. No, violence is this. It's literally using poor people as your entire platform while you get hundreds of thousands of donations To you and not redistributing that hundreds of thousands donation to those people that support you. To those poor people that are literally funding you. That's violent. Using poor people
0: for your gain is violent. Guess what? You know what this all goes down to? The exploitation of the working class is done by every single member of society. The black working class, at that, the, especially the black working class, by the capitalist class, by the nonprofit sector, by the petty bourgeoisie, by the middle class, by everybody. Ain't nobody here centering the poor black communities for real? They'll the censor them, them enough if it's going to give them clicks and likes on a music video. They'll censor them enough if it's going to give them clout on social media. Yep. But how many of them people are going into the hood, talking to the people, giving money away, giving clothes away, giving food away to help meet their material needs? Not one of them. The folks don't even know who they are. Them, them investors, the
1: academics, the literally anybody who's doing that don't don't even knock on the door of poor people. They will not even go in those neighborhoods because Gabby said, "quote unquote, it's sketchy." Yes.
0: Just because Black people live there, sketchy, sketchy just means Black people. Sketchy just means Black people. Yes, I was. That's like, a uh, what do you what do they call it? A dog whistle um, or a dog whistle microaggression? Microaggression. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking on the Airbnb, and they said that the, the, the neighborhood was sketchy. So I looked it up. It was Valentine in Chelsea. That is a black working-class neighborhood, literally peace and quiet. Nothing ever goes on over there except that black people walk around. I said, these people are racist as hell. But then they're going to want to come into the neighborhood and gentrify. But then they're going to want to call the police as soon as they see a black person blowing their nose too hard. It's, it's, it's so much. I, I, we, I mean, we've been yeah. talking about this all day. Like,
1: outside of this 25-minute episode, we've literally been talking about this all day because of how angry it makes us and how annoying it is to know that these people are doing it. Like, if we had the funds, 100% we would be doing it. But we, I can't even meet my own material needs, right? So, like, it's just... Yeah, we it's just a lot doing what we
0: can, but like we said, those are some things that we finna do now. We finna talk to them pastors, we finna talk to them community leaders. We're gonna get try to organize this community, try to spread propaganda, try to educate, try to see what it is that we can do to fight as much as we can. And like I said, you have any uh, you have any literature on this that you want to share, you have any ideas you want to share. Please let us know because we're open to any type of uh, information or whatever. All right, guys. This has been our episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can hit us up at Building RPWR. You can hit KT up at KT underscore does art. You can hit me up at uh, Gabby's Music. And, uh, yeah, if you would like to donate to the the efforts that we are doing, the propagandizing, the community fridging, the, the the organizing, the outreach, you can do that. The link will be in the description. Um, this has been Gabby. Okay. And we out.